Hey, my name is Lexi. I am a multi-talented artist and music producer based in Atlanta, Georgia. If you're wanting to write, record, and develop your music and sound, come book with me by following me on social media at LexiATL, emailing me at LexiSolo at gmail.com, texting me at 404-692-1299, or going to my website at www.LexiATL.com. Right now, you're tuned in to my podcast, Lex Chat, a show dedicated to music and entertainment, where we talk about the industry and the business, and we help each other to become better artists and better creatives. You can catch the chats live on Instagram at LexiATL, that's at L-E-X-C-A-T-L, to be part of the conversation, or catch the replays on Mondays at 8 a.m. on Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. Wherever you're watching or listening, please like, subscribe, follow, and engage with the content by leaving comments and reviews. If you'd like to go the extra mile in supporting me, then please consider becoming a patron of mine at patreon.com slash LexiATL, where you can make a monthly pledge because every bit of support truly does help me to be able to create more valuable content for you. Now, this week on Lex Chat, I want to talk about what it's been like living in Atlanta. This topic was requested by at Polo, so shout out to him for requesting this topic. He wanted me to talk about my experiences being in Atlanta when it comes to music and networking. So in today's Lex chat, I'm going to get into why I moved to Atlanta, what my plan was for moving here, how I've grown my network, some of my most memorable good experiences, and some of my most memorable bad experiences. If this sounds like something you'd be interested in hearing more about and think you'll learn about some things you can compare to your own experiences, stay tuned. I'm releasing a new album and the release is set for July of 2023. To get some buzz about it, I'll be previewing pieces of the song on my Lex Chat podcast through the release of the album. Here is a preview from one of the songs in consideration called Too Many Times. Let me know what you think. Before we kick off the show, let's give a shout out to the sponsors. Shout out to my patrons, Mr. Flat Shoals and Alton Thomas. Thank you guys so much for supporting me in a way that I can feel. And if you're listening to this podcast and you would like to become a patron, get early access to content and shout outs on Lex Chat, as well as be automatically entered into my giveaways, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash LexiATL. That's patreon.com slash L-E-X-C-A-T-L. And if you would like to become a sponsor of LexChat and advertise your services or products, you can contact me through Instagram at LexiATL. That's L-E-X-C-A-T-L. Send me an email at LexiSolo at gmail.com or send me a text to 404-692-1299. Thank you to all of my sponsors. Now let's get into the announcements. I did let y'all hear a little snippet of one of the songs that are going to be on my out al- that's going to be on my album called Too Many Times. And you know, we are still very much in phase one of album rollout. So what does that mean? That means I'm I've written about the songs and I'm telling y'all about it in press format. So if you're if you are signed up to my email list and my newsletter, then you are getting weekly newsletters, weekly press articles about each of the songs that are going to be on the album, at least for the first 11 songs. There's still maybe some added, um, but you are being told like the history and the inspiration behind the songs. And uh, if you're tuned into my Instagram page, then you see that I've changed my grid. I've changed my whole timeline and it is literally all dedicated to my music project. A little side note on that. I'm really happy with myself for doing that because it takes a lot of pressure off of me. I feel like as as artists, we get so caught up and we get pressured into constantly being online and constantly posting 
But then it's like when people come to our page, they don't know what we do or like why they should care for them to be there. So I had the bright idea, like, you know, people are going to be coming to my page. I'll be active. I'll stay active on my stories. But as far as like stressing myself out about taking pictures and documenting my life, I just don't want to do that. And uh, I freed up so much headspace and so much time in my day by not having to be online posting all the time. So now when people are interacting with my story, if they just so happen to go over to my page, all they're going to see is everything dedicated to the music, everything dedicated to the album. I have all of the cover arts posted there and I have all of the articles posted on my page. So when you scroll through, it's literally like they say online is like an online resume. You're going to see my music and that's what I want the focus to be on. So I'm not even worried about posting. I'm not even worried about posting anymore. You know what I mean? So happy for myself on that. Very happy for myself on that. So next phase is going to be little Instagram, YouTube shorts, TikTok teasers of me talking about the music and interview style. If you are a patron of mine, you're going to get early access to this. But for those of you who are just like not patrons, you're like the general public, then you're going to have to wait until after all of those little introductions to the songs are out of the way. And then you will get access to the interview that I did talking about the project, inspiration behind it, and how the concept came into fruition. So yeah, if you want to keep up to date with that, then consider becoming a patron as well as consider signing up for my email and newsletter list. You can do that by going to my website, LexiATL.com. That's L-E-X-C-A-T-L.com. And if you want to become a patron, that's patreon.com slash LexiATL. Let's move on to the next part of the announcements, which is Lexi merchandise. I've got hats, I've got wristbands, I've got lighters, I've got posters. The hats are sun visors. It says hashtag winner. So anytime anybody looks at you, let them folks know I am a winner. And you know what? I did it again. I'm supposed to have background music playing. Let me add that in here. You know what? I just need to do better. <laughs> I just need to do better. Oh, I get on my own nerves with this. So annoying, right? But anyway, the background music is there. Anywho, the hats, the sun visors say hashtag winner. It's getting hot. The sun is shining and it's shining bright. You need a little shield from the sun sometimes. Keep that sun out of your eyes. Keep it from blinding you, okay? Hashtag winner sun visors. I got the affirmation bracelets. It says hashtag winner, hashtag keeper. So every time you look down at your wrist, Remind yourself who you are. I'm a keeper. I'm a winner. Also, if you're smoking or if you're drinking, I have the Lexi burn lighters with built-in bottle openers. Ooh, sounds like a great flame, right? Lexi burn lighters with a built-in bottle opener. If you're smoking, if you're drinking, I got you covered. And last but certainly not least, I also have Lexi posters, the cute pink artistic ones, and then there are some red sexy Lexi posters. All of these things can be found on my website at LexiATL.com for purchase and shipping. Alrighty, next up, Down and Dirty Artist Showcase is happening Wednesday, May 10th, 2023 from 8 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. The address is 901 Donald Lee Hallowell in Atlanta, Georgia, Zip code 30318. That's 901 Donald Lee Hollowell. Myself and a few other artists are going to be showcasing our talents on the Abriel BTV showcase. It's the Down and Dirty Artist Showcase, all right? For ticket information, early bird tickets $25, and then the price jumps up to $35. But you can find ticket information on my website, lexiatl.com. And uh, let me know what songs you think I should perform because I honestly have not thought about it because I've been on this movie set and uh that has been very fun by the way but uh yeah I'm just getting back into like performance mode and deciding if I want to perform consistently again but help me out what should I do what should I perform and the next up on the announcement docket is the trivia and giveaway that I'm currently doing so it is a it's a giveaway, it's a cash prize, but only if you get the correct answer. So what I've been doing, right? I started this last week, April 10th, and I've decided that through 
the first week of May. Each day, Monday through Friday, I will be asking trivia questions about my upcoming album on my Instagram stories. So you have to go to my Instagram at LexiATL. The first person to send me the correct answer will win $5 for the day, okay? It's a little cash prize, but it's money, right? It's money you didn't have. And literally all it takes is maybe two minutes of your time, okay? That means if you're the first person to answer correctly, you could win $25 each week. That means you could win, well now it's down to $75 in the pot. You could win $75 over the course of the next month and I'm sure we could all use a little extra cash, right? So here's how you play. Stay tuned in to my Instagram stories at LexiATL, that's at L-E-X-C-A-T-L. The answers for every question can be found on my Instagram page at LexiATL, on my website at www.lexiatl.com, and or in the weekly email newsletters, which you can sign up for through my website. I've put out press articles about the songs from the album. You read the articles to find the answers, or you just pay attention to the names of the songs from all the cover art that's posted. And that is where you will find your answers. Okay. And if you're the first person to answer the question correctly, I will send your prize money through cash app. So good luck to everyone. And I hope y'all can have fun with this and win some money as well as learn a little bit about my upcoming music project. I think it's a win-win for everybody. Y'all win some money and I get to raise some awareness about my upcoming work, right? So some of the sample questions, well, not samples, some of the questions I asked, the questions I asked from the past week is like, what's the common theme of every song from the album? The answer is love. Another one was finish the phrase. Sometimes you can't help blank. And for this one, I was looking for a name of the song, which one makes most sense. So sometimes you can't help the lovers in this war. That doesn't make sense. Sometimes you can't help Miranda. That kind of makes sense, but no, that's not it. The answer was who you love. Sometimes you can't help who you love. Next question, which song was inspired by tweets? Oops, oh my. The answer is it's you. You had to read the little article to get that answer. Next one was, if love is a battlefield, what does that make us? The correct answer, song title, Lovers in This War. And then the last question that was asked during the first week, Maurice Beats said the production for this song was his Neptune's Pharrell Williams type beat. And the answer is, It's You. Again, you had to have read the little article that came with It's You to be able to know the answers for that. So I want to give a shout out to the winners from the first week of this trivia giveaway. Official Mr. Flat Shoals 74, Booker underscore audio, Lit underscore train 25, V underscore fly 9, and... Tampa Boy Beats. Congratulations to all of my cash prize winners this week. And uh, like I said, make sure y'all stay tuned to my Instagram stories so you get the opportunity to win some money. Alrighty. Next up, I would like to get into the hot take. So you know what that means. I got to get my music here. First, we're going to stop that. Boom. We're going to get into the hot take music. So what is my hot take for today omg i'm so glad you asked today the hot take is people don't owe you quick responses let's go ahead and start my little timer people do not owe you quick responses first off this hot take was inspired by the disgruntled clients that i've had who apparently don't communicate well with me or maybe I'm not communicating well with them but I've told multiple clients like hey I will be on a movie set and I'm working 12 hour days Monday through Friday I am not going to feel like doing any sessions during the week okay some people got mad about that kept asking me Oh, well, can you do Thursday? What part of 12 hours a day does that mean? I can't do nothing during the week, okay? I communicated that with these clients, okay? Weekend rolls around, and I have been able to get some of them in on the weekends, but for some reason, the people that I know I specifically told I was not available during the week get upset when I don't answer their text messages. Now, this double-edged sword, right? I do value people and I do value, you know, I want people to know that I care about responding to them, obviously. However, something that I want people to know about me is I'm constantly talking to people all the time and I'm constantly being stimulated 
And I would consider myself an introvert. Don't let the onstage persona fool you. Don't let the podcast host persona fool you. I'm very much a an introverted and a lot of times shy person. So when it comes to having to talk to people all the time and then the chosen profession that I've decided to go into with being an artist and being an audio engineer, it's a lot of energy that I have to put into other people. And when the end of my work day is finished, I want time for myself, okay? So sometimes that means I'm getting to some of the messages, but I'm not getting to all of them, all right? And unfortunately, that does make some people upset. But, and I, and I saw an Instagram post on this as well, where this guy was like, well, it's not like people aren't on their phones 24-7 all day all, and doing whatever, whatever. Even if I am on my phone all day, I don't owe you a response. And that is the truth of the matter. Nobody owes me a quick response. Nobody owes me a response if they don't want me to. Now, there are some you know, thoughts like people are, well, if they don't respond, then they don't care. If they take forever, then they don't care. And that's not necessarily true. I think the more mature thing to say here is maybe they have a life. Maybe they're busy. Maybe they're tired. Maybe they need to recharge their energy because I know these are things for me. Maybe it's overwhelming. Maybe I saw your message and I intended to reply to you, but I got caught up in giving and pouring back into myself before allowing anyone else to have my energy. And the reason why this frustrates me is because I communicated with people that I would not be available, right? And that's not the part that irritates me. The part that irritates me is people coming back and being saying stupid things like, Oh man, I've been trying to hit you up, but you ain't been like, I, I communicated to you that I would not be available. Okay. I guess I should have said like, don't expect messages to be answered either because 12 hour days is no joke. I'm literally waking up, going to set, spending 12 hours, coming home, barely eating dinner, going right to sleep. Cause I got to wake back up in the morning. Okay. I don't have much time for myself, but what really irritates me about this, it's not that they keep forgetting I told them I'm on set, right? It's that they come back with these snarky little attitudes like, oh, you know what? You need to be humble. You acting like you can't text nobody back. Stuff like that is going to make me not want to text you back because now you're sounding really entitled to my time and now you're sounding sensitive. Like, I guess I just feel like because I'm the type of person that I, I do struggle with text messages sometimes because I'm overstimulated. And then on top of that, there are too many ways for people to access me. These same kind of people, if they can't reach me on my phone, they'll text me. If they can't reach me on a voicemail, they'll, if they can't reach me on a text, they'll, re they'll voicemail. If they can't reach me on voicemail, they'll hit me up on Instagram. If they can't reach me on Instagram, they'll hit me up on my Google number. If they can't hit me up on my Google number, then they'll email me. If they can't reach me through all of those, then they'll call the studio and ask the studio for me. And it's just like, yo, I give too much access to myself which is my problem, right? I need to limit, I need to limit how accessible I am to people. That's really what it boils down to. I don't owe anybody access to me. And that's what I wanna communicate. That's my hot take. I don't, I don't and you don't. Nobody owes each other access to one another, except maybe like parents and kids. You should not neglect your kids because then, you know, jail. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's my hot take. No one is owed attention. And <clears throat> excuse me, if you're not getting the attention that you want from someone, don't take it personally. Before getting all bent up and in your feelings, if something has been communicated to you, try to understand what was communicated or just be a little more gracious, like give a little more grace, right? Maybe they're tired, maybe they're working, maybe they're just busy. Maybe they wanna give time to themselves, right? I know for me, I like to have time to myself. And when I am in something, I'm in it. I put my phone on silent because whatever I'm giving my attention to in that moment, that's what's getting my energy. You'd be really surprised how many people 
Like they love their experience with you in person, but when they can't reach you when they want to reach you, they get very upset. And that just doesn't sit right with me. And it makes me feel like I want to cut those people out of my life to be very transparent. It makes me feel like I want to cut some people off and block some numbers because I don't owe you access. And then you're getting disrespectful. I thought you had more respect for me, but now I say no, or you can't reach me when you want. And this person never calls, by the way, which is also interesting. (sighs) But anyway, suddenly you can't get what you want. And now you're being disrespectful to me. I'm not here for it. So I have some thinking to do and deciding how I want to deal with some people. And uh, if I want to block some numbers, but that's my hot take for today. I hope you enjoyed it. Now, what is to come after the break? We're getting into what my experience has been like living in Atlanta. I'm going to talk about why I moved to Atlanta, what my plan was for moving here, how I've grown my network, some of my good experiences and some of my bad experiences. We'll get into all of that on Lex Chat after these messages. Today's Lex Chat, I want to give a shout out to at Polo for requesting this topic. I love that you are engaged with the content, you know, interacting with the content. So Polo asked if I could talk about what it's been like for me living in Atlanta and, you know, in regards to like networking and how it's been going with the music because he really wanted to know you know, some of my experiences, because maybe some of the things I've gone through or some of the things I've learned can help other people to know like what to look out for or to know whether or not they're on the right path. So today I'm going to get into that. Um, I've broken this down into a few sections. First off, why I moved to Atlanta. Next is what my plan was for moving here. Next is how I've grown my network while being in Atlanta. And then I'm going to get into some of my most memorable good experiences and some of my most memorable bad experience experiences. So to get into the first portion, why did I move to Atlanta? I wanted to make sure that I gave some history and insight into this because that's also going to help some people who might be aspiring artists. It'll help y'all like gain better perspective on I guess how to approach your artistry. So the reason why I moved to Atlanta is because I have a love for music, right? And my love for music, I guess why I moved here and what my plan was for moving here, they're very much wrapped up in the same thing. So I thought about all of the things that artists are in, excuse me, oh my God. I thought about all of the things that artists are involved in and like what are what kinds of things are artists expected to do. Right. So long story short, the reason I moved to Atlanta is because I eventually came to the conclusion that recording costs will be the most expensive thing an artist has to worry about. And I thought I should learn some stuff that will help me cut down on my costs because I just knew I wasn't going to be making money right away. Right. So that's in a nutshell, why I moved to Atlanta, to go to the Art Institute of Atlanta to study audio production so I could learn how to record myself, eventually learn how to mix and master for myself, right? So what my plan was moving here, like I said, I thought about everything that an artist has to do, like what are all of their obligations And what are all of the things a good artist should be good at or should be working towards, right? So it's more than just singing, right? It's more than dancing. It's more than recording. It's how does an artist interview? How do they perform? Um, Are they a good personality? Are they a good actor? Because I've seen artists get into commercials and movies, right? Are they a good presence on TV? Do their bodies look good? Like, do they look healthy? The best performers have great fitness. 
and great bodies, right? And so, you know, a great artist back then, I didn't realize that people didn't write their own songs, but I thought to myself, like, it would probably be a good idea if I'm good at words, if I'm good at speaking. So not just for the interview portion, but for also writing music. You have to have a good understanding of English and you have to have a good understanding of storytelling and then how are you constructing sentences? How are you constructing your thoughts? How are you putting those thoughts into words that that's communicating an experience that people will relate to? That's very important. I think that's lacking. I mention this all the time. I think education might be to blame. Like, are people not as educated or something? You know what I mean? Because the way these songs be coming out, talking about the same thing, and there's no real wordplay, and everyone is literally talking about running on the ops, spinning the block, taking some man's money, you know, effing on B words, but got love for the bros. Like, there's some combination of that for like literally every rapper coming out these days. But I digress. All of these things I thought about, right? What is what are all the qualities that a, an artist, a good artist would be expected to have? And so I figured looking at this, right? One of the biggest things, like the most important thing for being an artist is the product of the music. How does the music get made? That's what I started to ask myself. How does the music get made? Okay, let me look at some of the albums that I've bought over the years. And I don't know about y'all, but I used to buy albums, hard copies. And the albums, what's so beautiful about that experience, about having an album in hand, is you can see all of the credits in the booklet. Alongside with like the pictures, the photo shoot that the artist did for the album, you would see credits for all of the songs. And so I started reading through and noticing engineered by mixed by mastered recorded at mixed at and then whatever studio right so i thought huh an engineer what is that an engineer or recorded by what is that called i learned that that's an engineer and i like what is an engineer what does an engineer do they're the ones who sit behind the board they push the buttons and they record i want to know how to do that because as an artist if your end product is music, what goes into bringing that music to life? Recording, okay? But even before recording, right? Being a good writer, blah, blah, blah. But I knew, like I can write in my free time. I can write for free. <laughs> I didn't have the expectation that I would get a songwriter. So that's just, you know what I mean? Like I, I'll write for myself. But recording, I can cut out a lot of my recording costs I can get jobs at studios. For some reason, I didn't think to buy my own recording equipment for some reason. I don't know. I don't know why. But it was always in my mind to get hired at a studio and then work my way behind the scenes until I became a big name in front of the camera. So essentially, I would be well known behind the mic, but eventually I would be the one who is well known in front of the camera. So all of these different things going through my mind, right? And so eventually I would be the one in front of the camera. And side note, I never intended for engineering to be the end game for me. <laughs> but, um, you know, part of the plan was to record other artists and meet other artists and help other people create their sound and come up with their stuff, you know? Um, for some reason, I guess I didn't think that I would run into this issue, but today I'm kind of getting a little antsy about only being considered an engineer because so much time has gone into building up other people's sounds and pouring my talents into other people who go on to be bigger than me. You know what I mean? And so um, I've been engineering for like 10 years now. I'm getting a little antsy about having to be behind the mic. I want to be in the booth you know what I mean I want to be in front of the camera but yeah so like I said becoming a recording engineer that cuts out so much of my expenses and it helps me to learn how to properly record myself and 
I, I always figured that this would be common sense for other artists, but there has actually been a lot of artists that come into the studio. And even if they are a bigger name and they've been supposedly been in this industry for longer than I have, there's just a bunch of things that they don't know. And that, that bothers me. But anyway, I digress to get back to my point, right? I figured that Atlanta is like a developing Southern Hollywood, right? So the plan was go to school for music. And um, I should mention that I did look at other music schools, but a lot of the schools were either too heavily focused on the classical aspect of it, or they were too heavily focused on the creative aspect of it. So what I mean by that is like, I was looking at like Berkeley and like a conservatory in New York City, but those were more classical composition, learning how to write sheet music, things like that. And I just didn't really see, that wasn't what I wanted. And I didn't see the value of the bigger picture with that. It felt more restrictive to me. And then I was going, I graduated high school in Richmond Hill, which is like basically Savannah, but there's SCAD, the school, school and college for art and design or something like that but they are very heavily focused on the creative side of it. So I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't need help with the creative side. I got the creativity. I need to know how to put the creativity into a medium, how to get it from my head into a microphone and onto a CD, like, or online. So I didn't go with SCAD. And what led me to the Art Institute of Atlanta is the fact that I liked their curriculum the best. So it was technical, it was a skill in technology that I could learn how to record on Pro Tools and then the business side of things and then practices that I would need to know for being in the music industry. So that's how I decided to end up going to the Art Institute of Atlanta for audio production. And like I said, Atlanta in my mind was like a developing Southern Hollywood. I figured I would have the most opportunity there. I should also give an honorable mention to Full Sail University, which is in Orlando. Is it in Orlando or Miami? One of those music scenes. But to me, it felt like Atlanta was a bigger music scene and had a better opportunity. I had never been to Atlanta before. Um, well, that's a lie. I've been to Atlanta one time when like my dad, me and my stepmom drove through and we stayed at one of their friends' houses. And his house was really nice. And I figured, oh, he's living good in Atlanta. That was my only, that was my only experience with Atlanta. But outside of that, I had no experience of Atlanta whatsoever. Um, once I narrowed down my school options though, I actually booked a tour to go see the Art Institute and drove up by myself, got a little hotel by myself. And um, yeah, it was a really cool trip actually, but that's what solidified it for me as the Art Institute being the best option for school for me. And again, Atlanta seemed like a rising industry, but still like not too big the way that it is now. It's been 10 years and things have definitely changed in Atlanta, but more celebrities are moving here, more movie opportunities are moving here. So looking back, I definitely made a great decision. I made a great decision, but yeah. So Endgame was not for me to stay an engineer for other people, but I figured that I would build my name behind the scenes, right? Build my name up behind the scenes, create these connections with the studios and the people who own the studios, and then use the studio and those connections with the studio to get into the music industry, right? And then people would, you know, be booked. I would book so much and I would get people who would like my work and I would develop a good track record. And then from that, I would be put in the forefront. So my plan was, you know, if I'm doing a good job at helping other people and pouring into other people, then eventually my talents will get noticed as well. Now I'm going to talk about this in my experiences portion, because unfortunately some of the bad experiences I've had have dealt with people taking advantage of my talents, but then not helping me out. There's one negative there, but you know, we'll get to that. Hold on, there's something on my... Yeah, we'll get to that. So now I want to get into the next section. The next section is how I've grown my network. 
Like I said, the plan was to become an audio engineer and through audio engineering, I would create relationships with studios, studio owners, and whatever studio, whatever artists came through the studios, right? So how have I grown my network over the year? By being an audio engineer, which puts me directly in the room with artists, big and small. And because I went through the schooling to learn the school, uh, the, the, not the school. I went through the schooling to learn the skill, too many S's. <laughs> I went to school to learn the skill of audio engineering. Now I'm considered an asset when I walk into a room, right? So my goal has always been to be the superstar, right? But I noticed the importance of knowing how to do the things that surround being an artist. So remember I said, there's more to being an artist than just singing a song and dancing on stage, you know? It looks fun, but it's a lot of work that goes into it. So it, like I said, it's, it's been 10 years. During this time, I've not just only been engineering, right? I've also been working on my own music. I've also been working on other people's music, writing for myself, writing for other people, doing my music videos, doing my photo shoots, but also being the engineer, when people like your work, they want you around because like I said, the skill of audio engineering and being good at it, people want you around and they want you on their team. And that's what I've experienced. And I think because I'm also an artist, I connect differently with artists versus an engineer who does not produce or isn't also an artist, you know, like just someone who is interested in making good sound. I've heard that they just don't connect as well as an engineer who also happens to be a creative themselves. Side note, how are you going to be an engineer, but you don't want to be creative? I don't know. Anyway, anyway, so yeah, um, you become an asset, you know, and that's when you're good at what you do and also keeping yourself busy. So I kept myself busy. It wasn't like I was only pouring into other people. It's just engineering became my main means of paying my bills. So it's like I put myself in a position where I have to put other people ahead of me sometimes in the interest of taking care of myself, right? But I'm still developing and honing in on my craft throughout this entire time, right? I'm trying to look at my point. What was the point I was making here? So the network that I that I grew being an audio engineer is exactly what I had planned. It was learning the trade, learning the skill. And then now I have connections with multiple studios around the city. Now I have skills for myself. I finally got to a point where I bought a home setup for myself so I can record myself I don't have to rely on someone else's setup. That's very important. As an artist, I think you should invest in the things that will get you closer to what you need. And too many, however, too many artists think that investment looks like clothes and chains. Investment looks like $500 for a pair of speaker. It looks like $800 for a microphone. It looks like $2,000 for a Mac computer that can handle the processing power needed to handle an Apollo or an Avalanche or a Focusrite or a CL1B. You know what I mean? Like, or um, a pop filter or a vocal shield or a vocal booth if you want to get crazy with it. Or some people open up recording studios. I still don't see that in the cards for me. I've toyed with the idea, but I just don't. I just don't see it for myself yet. <laughs> but investment is more than just clothes and chains. It's about the equipment that goes into making the music. And if the most important thing as an artist is a music, is the music, why would you not invest in the things that are used to create that music? It'll be cheaper for you in the long run if you invest in learning how to record yourself and learning how to use the equipment properly. And then once you're really good at using it, now it doesn't matter what setup you're on, you can make yourself sound good. Like this microphone I'm recording on right now, it's a Scarlett Studio, part of a Focusrite pack that I bought off of Sweetwater for $200. So the mic came with it, the pop filter came with it, XLR came with it, and an interface came with it. Those four items for $200. But because I'm so fine with it, with the plugins and the EQs and the compressions and the compressions, it sounds good. 
because I know how to make it sound good. Anyway, anyway, so yeah, being an audio engineer, I have a network of studio owners and other artists. And the point that I wanted to also bring up, right, when you're good at what you do and you're working on yourself, but you're also helping other people work on themselves, you start to see the same people over and over. So you start to get a better understanding. Oops, I hit the desk. You start to get a better understanding of who is in your network and who is worth keeping in your network, you know, because they'll become the people that you can call on to do great things with. Sometimes that means collaborating for free. Sometimes that means going and spending money at that person's business that they established because y'all both recognize the greatness in each other and y'all see how hard each other works so you pour into each other so keep that in mind too if you're doing what you're supposed to do your network will become the people that you start to see all the time because y'all are doing things that's elevating you as artists as creatives so keep that in mind other things that i've done to grow my network performing at showcases and open mics so open mics around Atlanta there's so many you can choose from and there's always a showcase opportunity if you have to pay more than $50 to participate in it and you're not on a certain level I wouldn't do it and you're not getting paid to to perform I wouldn't do it yeah once you start building an audience that's when those things become beneficial but think of open mics and showcases as rehearsals for the big stage If you can captivate an audience in these small spaces, then you're more likely to do well when you have bigger spaces and bigger audiences to work with. So performing at showcases and open mics, the the good thing and the bad thing about doing this, it's a great thing for networking with other artists. It's not great for building actual fan bases because I'm an artist myself and I don't really like going out and just sitting and listening to people I don't know sing songs and rap songs. I just don't like doing it. So for me, and it took me a while to get it, but you know, now I get it. You have to look, like I said, look at these open mics and these showcases as practice, as rehearsals for bigger, for bigger things. But understand that the main audience that are at these showcases, they're other artists. Where is your audience at? Is your audience at the club? Is your audience at paint and sips? Is your audience rock climbing? You know what I mean? Your audience is most likely not going to be other artists because other artists are focused on their music. You as an artist will be focused on your own music as well. So take that into consideration. But it's a great place to meet other artists and songwriters and producers if you are looking to collaborate so performing and showcases uh performing at showcases and open mics that's a great way to network another great way to network is social media the trick though is to stay consistent with all of this stuff stay consistent so i've gone through i've had facebook i have I have, I still have these things, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and then my website, right? My main things that I focus on, Instagram, YouTube, every now and then Twitter, but Instagram, YouTube, and my website, they have shown me the best, the best engagement, the best interaction, and now TikTok as well, but I don't get on TikTok as much because I just don't feel like spending hours trying to edit some stuff that doesn't make a real difference in the world (laughs) that's another conversation but social media will help you you just have to stay consistent with it so the way that I'm staying consistent with my YouTube is through doing reaction videos and doing these Lex chats and I need to get back into my singing videos but putting my music and my music videos on there, but that's more expensive than doing like a Lex chat, right? So find like, what is the main purpose of the platform that you're on? Can you can you sustain creating content for it consistently? Does it make you happy making the type of content that that platform requires? So Instagram, before we got into this whole short video era, it was about taking nice pictures, right? If taking nice pictures is something that you like to do then instagram is probably a good a good platform for you 
with Twitter, if speaking your mind and your opinions is something you like to do, Twitter is probably a great platform for you. With YouTube, if talking about stuff, um, if doing tutorials is something that you like to do, then that would be a great place for you to stay consistent. And then in all of that, keep your website up and running because you have control over your website. If something happens to these other platforms, like, I don't know, Instagram charging $15 a month suddenly for you to be considered verified. <laughs> well, guess what? You ain't got to pay that if you don't want to. And you can just make sure you stay official with your own website because that's way more official than these daggone social media platforms, you know? But anyway, stay consistent and that's how I've been growing my network, okay? Being an audio engineer, so working in music, going to showcases and open mics, staying consistent with my social media and website. That's how I've grown my network. So the next one, is let's get into a few experiences that I've had. I want to get into the good experiences and then I'll get into the bad ones. And I just wrote down a few. Hopefully this won't take long, but some of my most memorable good experiences. The first one I wrote down was getting recognized for my engineering skills and getting hired and paid twice what I was making per hour elsewhere. So this was a situation where I was engineering for someone and a bigger artist walked in and Basically, the people I was working with, they vouched for me. And that bigger artist came and hired me and paid me much better than they paid me and paid me up front and on time, might I add. Okay, unlike them people. Anyway, anyway, so that made me feel really good. It made me feel validated. It made me feel valuable. It made me feel like an asset. And, you know, like I said, confirmed, validated. Another good experience I had is... um around the same time going to the club to test an artist's song and sound hearing that it sounded great in the club as a rough mix and then being given money by the label to throw it in the club to make it look cool to everyone who wasn't us <laughs> so uh we had just got done engineering and uh, writing a song um and you know it was a collaboration and we all went to the strip club afterwards and I don't know whose money it was actually, but I'm gonna just say that it was the label's money. But we went to the strip club and when the song came on, we got all the dancers in our section and we threw hella money to make it look real cool, you know? Side note, that song never came out. Mm, no shade, but uh, we just speak of facts. <laughs> but anyway, that was a really great time and um, rest in peace now, but a guy I used to date, he was actually a sweeper in the club. He did me kind of dirty. He did me dirty before that. But, you know, I'm in this section with these people who are on track to be superstars themselves. And we're throwing money to a song that we just made. And he comes in and he has to sweep up all the money. And it was just one of those moments like, <clears throat> yeah, who you thought you was messing with, boy? You know, who you thought you was messing with? So that was a good moment. Um... I've had an, I've had other moments like that too, but like more with mixing. So having a long time, a long time client go to someone else for a mix, knowing that I mix too, they get the, they get the mix back, but it's bad and it's not what they want. And then everyone who hears my rough mix compared to the so-called big name mixer, they tell the artist that my mix was better and cleaner. A little validation there. Another great memory I have is, um, man so some people i went to school with i went to school with this videographer a director of photography dp and he was building his portfolio and he did not have music videos in his portfolio yet so he asked if i had any songs that i wanted to do music video for and we did love chaser and it was a whole production and this is like one of the greatest one of the greatest experiences for me because it was like the most official shoot that I've ever been on. I'd done videos before. Did I do videos before? Yeah, but they were like mad cheap. You know what I mean? This was like a real production, like lights and crew members and a meeting with the videographer talking about the concept of the video and scouting out locations. Whereas before you just talk with the videographer and then the day of you just kind of drive around and look for stuff like not as well planned, but 
the love chaser video shoot it was amazing i went to school with the director of photography the one behind the camera we had meetings very professional we hashed out concepts they took care of securing locations and securing extras and securing crew and there were lights and there was a slate and <laughs> um and there were professional actors like it was just an entire experience and that is one of my favorite one of my favorite memories so now i want to get into the bad memories unfortunately um and then we'll start to wrap this up but some of the bad experiences i've had meeting people who are on a higher level but being expected to do some form of sexual favor to get put on so i've actually been in multiple situations where this has been the case right somebody that i look up to or a camp that i want to get involved with pretty much telling me you got to do something strange for the change and the change was getting into the circle or being invited back to the parties or being able to hang out you know what i mean or even um oh we'll help you with your music but the expectation was always you gotta sleep with me or somebody from the crew to secure this position obviously i am not going to say names but i have these these people in my head of who these people are being told I'm talented, but once I decline their advances, I don't get invited anywhere anymore. Suddenly, I'm about to get charged thousands of dollars for production or studio time. Whereas before, I was being offered for free when they thought they could sleep with me, right? And then I get told, well, you gotta play the game. I hate that phrase. Fun fact about me, I cannot stand that phrase. I hate the phrase, play the game. So many people have thrown that that phrase into my face oh you got to play the game you got to play the game if everyone knows how dark the industry is why does everyone keep playing into it unless they're also dark as well and i've witnessed some dark things okay manipulative things and it, it mainly has to do with you know not just the big names expecting sexual favors from me a woman but also guys who are like interested in me seeing that i have a passion for music and using the music as a means to get in with me whether it's like trying to date me or trying to sleep with me right so that's been very heartbreaking at times and then that creates a narrative in my mind of well i don't know who's really here for me or if they just want me for my music you know, or if they just want me, I don't know if they genuinely mess with my music or if they just want to have sex with me. I don't know if they're genuinely here for the music or they just want some sexual favor, you know, or I don't know if they're genuinely here for me or they see the people that I'm with and they want to be in on that too. I don't know if someone is genuinely here for me to be in a relationship with me are they here for me or are they here for the people that I have connections to? Are they here for me or are they hanging around because they know I work out of different studios and I could get free studio time if I wanted to? Am I going to help them get discounted or free studio time if they hang around with me? You know what I'm saying? So those kinds of things, that's a downfall of some of my experiences out here. Um, and, you know, just to roll all of that into one, being used for my gifts, but not being taken care of on the business side. And then again, being told, well, that's just part of the game. That's how it is. You gotta, you gotta fight. It's like everyone wants you to pay dues just because they had to do it. But y'all weren't paying dues. Y'all were abused. <laughs> you weren't paying dues. You were abused. Okay. I'm gonna put some stars next to that. Oh, you weren't paying dues. You were being abused. But for some reason, like, like I said, people keep saying how dark the industry is and yet they keep playing into the same darkness. They keep getting sucked into the same darkness. Like people bringing me into situations, right? As a songwriter, seeing that I'm not being paid when I get kind of promoted, I guess, to engineering. They get paid for their production, thousands of dollars for their production. You know I wrote on this song. 
you know I didn't get paid for this yet. You don't give me any cut of that sale? Bet, you know? And I'm like basically here volunteering my time because the money's not looking right. And they're not trying to pay me as an engineer and a songwriter, because that would be too much, right? That would be too much. So then, yeah, the people who brought me in, not making sure that they take care of me, even though they're the ones who brought me in on this so-called opportunity, it hurts. Stuff like that hurts, you know? So a little bit of wisdom that I want to leave off on. I wrote down a few points, but hopefully you've read between the lines in my experiences and pick up on some things for yourself, right? So what wisdom would I leave listeners with? Make music based on your experiences, not what's trending. The reason why is because you will not connect with an audience chasing the trends. You will be hot today and cold tomorrow. You'll be viral for two weeks and then nobody will even care who you are or that you have a project coming out the next week. Because why? You did not create an experience. And this goes back to what I was saying with artists having to be good with words and having to be good storytellers and knowing how to properly put words and phrases together to talk about and describe experiences in a way that everyone relates to or opening people's eyes to a new way of experiencing it or a new way of looking at it. That's how people will connect with you. Make music based on your experiences, not what's trending. Okay. Next piece of wisdom I would give is chase the connection, not the numbers. This kind of wraps up into chasing the experiences as well, because when you chase the connection, that has a more profound effect on people than if you're just, how do I say this? Focusing on the experience and the connection versus the numbers, focusing on the numbers will have you doing things like paying for followers, but people can tell that you paid for your followers because there's no way you have 100,000 followers, but 20 likes on the last photo that you posted. You should have, if 100,000, 10% is 10, 1% is one. If you're only getting 1% interaction, you should be having at least 1,000 likes and comments. You know what I mean? So focusing on the numbers will have you doing things like buying followers, and then when you're trying to keep up the facade, because people misunderstand, fake it till you make it. I don't mean the numbers, honey, but <laughs> it'll have you buying fake followers. It'll have you buying fake comments. It'll have you buying fake streams and everything about you will be fake when you focus on the numbers. But when you focus on the connection, that is the influence that you're looking for as a music artist. When people feel like they can connect with you and relate with you on experiences, that's when they become interested in what you're doing next because they like your mind or they like that they can relate to the story. Okay. Next piece of wisdom, big name does not mean big quality or a guaranteed success. Now I originally had this in the notes for my good experiences section, but I took it out cause I wanted to talk about love chaser instead cause that came to mind and that's way better. But I was going to say that another good experience I had was paying for a feature from a major artist. And it was, uh, well, an artist that I grew up listening to. And I got the feature for relatively cheap, okay? So that was a great thing that I accomplished. However, the downside to that was I found out how to quote unquote, how to quote, play the game, unquote, right? He was going to charge me more when I hit him directly, even though I got his number, just like everybody else. Right. I went through somebody else and they charged that person cheaper. So I had to go through somebody to get treated a little better and to pay a little less. And then when they realized, oh, this is so and so because we know the same person. He was like, oh, touche, Lex. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Mother-. You know what I'm saying? You should have charged everybody the same price, but no, that's a lesson that I learned that, you know, unfortunately it, it does come down to who, you know, that's why I say chase the connection before you chase the numbers, because it will come down to who, you know, and I don't remember if I said it or not, but when you chase the connection, 
And like I, I think I mentioned earlier when I said, when you're doing the right things for you and you're consistently doing things for yourself and you're putting yourself in the right positions, eventually you'll keep seeing the same people over and over again. When I say chase the connections, that means that you and those people are going to become the new big names in the industry, right? The people that you started off with, the people that you keep seeing that are that you should consider to be part of your network because y'all are on the same vibe, right? Y'all are on the same wave. When you chase the connection, those network that network becomes the industry right and that gets you certain favors and opens doors and that's what I learned going through that little situation I was going to be charged more for a feature I went through somebody else and got a cheaper deal and you know it just it is what it is it just is what it is when you focus on those connections you can have situations like that like your friends can get you into places but you also got to make sure you're actually good at what you do right so yeah (laughs) a big name does not mean big big quality or guarantee success so I got the big name on the record but you know just because I put his name on the song that doesn't mean the song did any numbers I still had to market which I didn't have the marketing dollars because I spent it all getting that feature on him. I would have been better off putting that money towards a music video for myself or advertising on YouTube and Instagram for myself or advertising my website or doing a photo shoot for myself, you know? But that's just, you know, I would say use your money to promote yourself first. Use your money to get an audience developed first. And then it will make sense to get bigger features from there. But at a certain level, it doesn't make sense to pay for features from bigger artists because you're still a nobody. That's just the truth, right? Next piece of wisdom. If something does not align with you, move on quickly. Like if the vibe is off, don't take it personally. Just go find someone whose vibe you mesh with better. And the reason I say this is because there have been a lot of situations where I was surrounded by big names And I thought that being around these people would lead to a certain outcome and that didn't happen. And I didn't like how these people did business. I didn't like my, my energy around them wasn't right. My energy was off and negative thoughts were being introduced to me through the bad energy of these people. And I felt that, but because I was told this is going to lead to something big, I stuck through it. And I gritted my teeth and I just kept my head down and kept working through it. Right. But that was unfair to myself. And I should have practiced boundaries, whether it was perceived to be a good situation or not, because I later found out it ain't all that it ain't all cracked up to be. You know what I'm saying? It's not all it's cracked up to be. If I would have moved on sooner, I probably could have given my energy. I probably would have been paid better by better clients if I would have moved on. And then the last piece of wisdom I'm going to leave with you is you don't have to play anybody's game. Find people you like working with. Don't feel like you have to work with somebody or do something for somebody just because they had a little bit of success at some point. And uh, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Let's go ahead and get into the closing remarks. I want to thank you so much for tuning into Lex Chat today. I hope you enjoyed our chat and I hope it's inspired you to think more about this topic for yourself and how you can apply some of the things within your own experience if you are an aspiring artist and creative. The things that I mentioned in this episode today, what can you relate to or what can you take note of to think, Mm, let me watch out for this in the future, you know, or, Ooh, I didn't think about taking that approach. Maybe I should try that for myself as well. So I just want you to think about those things. And like I said, I hope you enjoyed our chat. You can catch these chats live on Instagram at Lexi ATL. That's at L E X C ATL to be part of the conversation, or you can catch the replays on Mondays at 8am on Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, and YouTube, wherever you're watching or listening, please like subscribe, follow, and engage with the content by leaving comments and reviews. If you'd like to go the extra mile in supporting me, then please consider becoming a patron of mine at patreon.com slash Lexi ATL patreon.com com slash l-e-x-c-a-t-l where you can make a monthly pledge and every bit of support truly does help me to be able to create more valuable content for you want to give final shout out to 
my patrons, Mr. Flat Shoals and Alton Thomas. Thank you guys so much for supporting me. And remember, Wednesday, May 10th, 2023 at eight o'clock, I will be performing for the Down and Dirty Artist Showcase presented by Abriel BTV. The address is 901 Donald Lee Hallowell in Atlanta. Again, that's 901 Donald Lee Hallowell. This is on Wednesday, May 10th. You can get ticket information at my website, www.lexiatl.com. And lastly, don't forget that trivia and giveaways are going on through the first week of May. This is album trivia for my upcoming project with Maurice Beats, okay? Monday through Friday, I'll be asking trivia questions about my upcoming album on my Instagram stories, at LexiATL. The first person to send me the correct answer will win the cash prize for the day. That means if you're the first person to answer correctly every day, you could win, a, you know, it's $5 per correct answer, but you could be winning $25 a week. And you know what I'm saying? We could all use that little extra cash. The pot is at $75.00. Depending on how my earnings look this month, I will up that pot in May, but come on, who couldn't use a little extra cash? And it's, it ain't gonna take nothing but two minutes of your time at most, you know? Two minutes for $5, I'd say that's pretty good. I would say that's pretty good. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, stay tuned to my Instagram stories. Sorry, I was having flashbacks. Stay tuned to my Instagram stories at LexiATL. That's L-E-X-C-A-T-L. That's LexiATL, L-E-X-C-A-T-L because I felt like I fumbled the first time. But the answers for all of the questions I will be asking can be found on my Instagram page, on my website, LexiATL.com, or in the email, the weekly email newsletters that I send to my email list, which you can sign up for through my website at LexiATL.com. I've put out press articles about the songs from the album, read the articles to find the answers, okay? Or just pay attention to the names of the songs. If you're the first person to answer my question correctly, I'll send you your cash prize through Cash App. So good luck to y'all, and I can't wait to see who wins the next, the next batch of money. So thank you so much for tuning into Lex Chat today. My name is Lexi. Until next time, peace. Too many times, too many times, four times is too many times.